Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. <laughs> Did I just forget our podcast name you in did. the middle of And then you speaking? forgot your own name, like, for a moment. I know. I forgot how we led into introducing ourselves. <laughs> That's a, off to a great start. <laughs> but guess what I want to talk about today? What do you want to talk about? Tell me. Somebody freaking sent me a deck that they're Kickstartering. Oh. I got a prototype in the mail. After, after our call last week... You got something in the mail. I'm so proud of you, I know, Holly. Exactly. Somebody let us be influencers. Yes. But no, I got my this guy named Richard, who is Odd Mix Market on Instagram, is kickstartering a deck, and he asked if he could send me a prototype like a couple of months ago. No, maybe even like a couple of weeks ago. And it came so much faster than I was expecting, and it's so cool. Oh, I saw all your Instagram pictures, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I saved in my story highlights like a whole walkthrough of it, but it's really neat because it's 44 cards, but there's also a dice, right. a die. Why do I keep doing that? I cannot singularize <laughs> the word die consistently. Ugh, get it together. So there's a die. So basically all of the cards, you can also then roll a die to get kind of like further clarification almost. Oh, okay. And it's super neat because it's basically like all of these concepts. You could use the Oracle cards on their own also, but if you do roll the die, it's either keep, share, or throw. So like the concept is something that you need to use for yourself. The concept is something that's either coming at you from other people or that you need to share with other people. Mm-hmm. Or the concept is something that you need to get rid of and oh, like get okay. out of your life. I wondered what throw was because when you said like throw, I was like throw the die. Like, so I was a little bit Yeah, confused, it's so, just okay. like get throw rid away. of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it has like a broken potion on the that oh, on part that of the part die. Of oh, okay. But it's cool because it's like all of the different potions are little stories. The guidebook is, seems like it's going to be super awesome. Yeah, I love the way that the stories were woven because at first I looked at the deck and I was like, oh, is this, this a bit too modern for what I usually use? Like just the yeah. look is a bit modern. And then when you read the story attached to the not only the card itself, but also the die, it was very beautiful. And I was so yeah. shocked at the detail that went into it. It wasn't just like, oh, here's some like, meanings and here's some more meanings and you get to figure out your it was very beautifully written. I feel like he put so much thought into like every single detail of it, and mm-hmm. it's really cool. It's so cool. So it's still available on Kickstarter. He funded in a day, yeah. which is amazing. And again, he's at Odd Mix Market. He didn't pay me for any of this, but he did give me the deck. Yeah. A prototype, prototype of the, of the deck. deck. Yeah, because we met the goal. Ha ha ha. There's going to be a die <laughs> mat just for the die. Yes. But there's also like an additional mat you can buy that you also got. And I was like, I oh yeah, the I cloth. added that on because I was like, oh, that cloth is gorgeous. I love it's really idols. cool. And it's like full blown linen. Like it's not it's really nice quality cloth. Yeah. It's As super someone who nice used to work cloth. at Hobby Lobby in the in the fabric <laughs> section, I know fabrics really well. It's just such a different it's life so- of yours <laughs> where you worked at Hobby Lobby. <laughs> It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. But yeah, it's super high quality. It, it's not synthetic. It's like the print is a bunch of eyes. It's actually interesting because he says that the eyes that are on everything are overhead views of bottles. They're oh, not actually not eyes. Actually oh, that's interesting. So you can see like the panes of glass almost. And then the topper is oh, the okay. iris. Oh. 
that's really cool. Ooh. So it's kind of like a like, neat like a like an overhead view of like all these bottles, potions that yeah. you're looking like into a box. Yeah, mm. exactly. I like it. I know. I mean, it's so cool to get to be part of something like that, and it's a really cool project. And also, it made me feel like so excited that yeah. somebody was like, "Oh, I like your opinion about things," because yeah. we do this whole podcast where we just give our <laughs> just opinions, our opinions about things. Someone, you know, you know, we just talk to the wall half the time, you know, agreeing with each other. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> be fun to draw one of these cards as our card of the day because oh, we yeah. never do oracle but that that's might be true. like a fun thing to do yeah yeah yeah. let's do it because it's the, almost the start of summer i mean it's hot, hot as balls outside right now so we need something new and fresh <laughs> i know we've been having like mornings where it's been super chilly and foggy and gross but then by the middle of the afternoon it's 90 so hard to dress for yes <laughs> i wore jeans today and regretted it instantly like crap <laughs> Jeans are always regretful. I know, but I have to dress for work, and I just didn't want to wear a dress today. Pants are so dumb. (laughs) All right, so let's do a card of the day from the Lucky Potion Oracle from Odd Mix Market. Oh, God. Of course I pull something that's, uh, like, totally unpronounceable. Icosahedron Luck. Okay, so the other thing is that it's organized by suit, and so this is water. Okay, right. It's blue. Okay, water. Because it's blue. So it's organized by suit, but then it's also numbered, which makes it super easy to find stuff in the guidebook, which I appreciate. Because I've had kind of a rash of Oracle decks that have been like almost impossible to use. Because they're because not it takes so freaking long. And you can't yeah. find anything. And I'm just like, why do you exist if you're not organized? Yeah. And like one of them is the Morgan's Tarot that I just got, which oh, is actually yeah, yeah, an Oracle yeah. deck. It's so funny and bizarre. But if you ever want to look up the meaning, it's not in any alphabetical order, but there's like 84 cards. Oh my so you have gosh. to like flip through 84. I would rage. Insane. I would literally rage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, this is just never going to be used, I guess. <laughs> so the Isosahedra luck it says oh let's also roll the dice and we got throw for that okay so this is the general reading for it and then i'll go to the throw reading for further clarification um it says no matter which way you look at this bottle it changes are there signs on the 20-sided shape inside the water distorts and shifts every time you look no two experiences with this potion will be the same. Oh, I think that we pulled this for you. No. As one we of the pu- sa- did we pu- is it the pig? No, because you pulled the green pig for me. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Uh, just like in life, chance and luck can change in an instant. A well of anticipation pools in your stomach as you decide how you want to roll with this potion. And the break says, you decide your own fate and no strange 20-sided thing in a bottle is going to guide you. After the water has been spilled at your feet and shards still fall to the ground, the isosahedron rolls towards you. What does it land on? Before luck or fate can step in, you must take that first step on the grand adventure of your life. Oh, so it's kind of like the fool in a sense. Like, yeah, a good comparison. Like oh, there's that. luck, but also you have to take step some ownership over it. Yeah. All right. That's so cool. Card. Our first yeah. Oracle card of the day. Yeah. How weird is that? Since we both, well, I use Oracle decks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> exciting. It is but exciting. yeah, so I really am a big fan of this. Good, good, good. I like this. This is 
otherwise a pretty regular episode yeah (laughs) we hope so far that's what we predict yeah exactly our first question is from our girl talia she says i'm having a tower year and as a result i have been having one to two nightmares a night I have always been a very vivid dreamer, and nightmares are not a new thing for me, but come on, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> what advice do the cards have for me about dealing with these bad dreams? How about general tips from the cards about how to have more, a more peaceful night? Yes. but Okay, but how do we, how can we handle it for this? Should we do, like, break it into two areas? Like, kind of a source of the issues and then something a yeah, little I, bit proactive? Yeah, I definitely think we need a source question because I was trying to think, like, how do we, like, whittle down to, like, a core issue of why they're kind of coming up? Yeah. Because it seems, like, a lot more sudden now than it has been in the past. or more Yeah, more and I'm sure that it can be attributed to just general stress, but stress it's more helpful stuff, to come but... up with, like, real answers. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's do that and then maybe cards for, like, practical ways of dealing yeah and mrs b's book also has some good house sweeps for nightmares just fyi i read that today (laughs) yeah so that's two weeks in a row that we've mentioned that book it does come in handy you guys and it's still available on amazon and we have affiliate links (laughs) now we have affiliate links (laughs) that was not on purpose or planned we do not do that sort of thing here we're not that no we are never that organized (laughs) We are not even going to mention our affiliate links, but the easiest way right now, you can either go to wildlytarot.com, but that redirect might not function properly, or you can go to the link in our Instagram profile. And if you click on that, you can actually access all of the decks that we've used um, via Amazon affiliate links, which will give us some little pennies. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to do sources of nightmares and I can do practical steps forward? Yeah. Sources of nightmares. Okay. Just what I wanted to do today. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to do sources? No, of it's okay. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Not yours. This yeah, is about exactly. Like, this is on my anxiety. Put my anxiety down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So today I'm using what is this? Oh, called. I'm using the luminous spirit tarot because I want to just call it the lumini tarot. That's not it. Uh, <laughs> Because someone in a Korea tarot group, the only one that I found so far, was like, I'm selling it for 25 bucks. And I was like, I will buy that for 25 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Luminous Tarot is, I think, maybe the first deck that Tina Gong created. Or maybe it was after Golden Thread. But she's the creator of Golden Thread and the Labyrinthos Academy. Yeah. And it's a cool deck. Well, I didn't really, like, like it in the app. I was kind of like, eh, I'm not big on line drawings. But, like, having it in person is completely different experience. Really? Like, totally different. It's so much better in person. That's awesome. I'm glad yeah. you were able to find it for such a deal. Like, you know, really cannot beat $25 for an indie deck like that. No, no, not at all. Especially, like, in Korea. It was already in Korean soil, like, ready for me. <laughs> It was already on Korean <laughs> land. It so, only yes. took like a couple days to get to you instead of 40 months. Exactly. <laughs> Didn't have to customs, that's why. I, I think that elephants are pregnant for a shorter amount of time than it takes for <laughs> stuff to get through me. the Korean mail system. Like it has no problem getting to you. Like I send you a package at the end of the week, it's there like for you. Oh, but yeah. On the other side, it's like, <laughs> nope, not coming through. So... <laughs> Who's fuck those? All right. So what did you get? So I got the eight of wands, page of pentacles and high priestess. So I think the speed. Oh, I got the high priestess too. Oh, as what to do. Yeah. Uh, One of the ones for what to do, but you got eight of wands. Sorry. Page of pentacles. Pentacles. Yeah. And high priestess. So I think as like a source of the nightmares, 
there's like fear that this is going faster and that you can't control it. Like that's where yeah. the eight of wands is like that whole, that's not only that speed, but also like the anxiety that that brings with it is like yeah, the totally. pace at what you're kind of doing, like reacting to these situations. And then the page of pentacles, I always see the pages as like the carrier of the ace that the, uh, the suit that they're in so the ace of pentacles is the the seed you're supposed to plant and the page is that caretaker of that seed so yeah. you know so reflecting back on being that page of pentacles and the fear that comes with you wanting to plant something and have something grow and manifest something but you're not quite sure if that's going to happen yeah. so that's kind of that's going back in the background as well as the high priestess are you making a decision based on your gut and is your gut right you know trying to second guess your intuition and things like that so i definitely think all of those factors together make you an an anxious ball of tension so see and i was thinking that it could also be that there's like a lot of various reasons like the eight wands each symbolizing like a bunch of different high speeding reasons that are like coming at you and that maybe the high priestess is indicating that there could be in addition to just the stress that you're like outwardly seeing a more internal almost like spiritual growth thing that Mm. you're like experiencing that's also bringing forward nightmares yeah yeah maybe just because we both got high priestess I don't think that I would have gone there if I hadn't gotten high priestess for the practical approach too because I I feel like that's kind of asking you to kind of turn back inward. Mm-hmm. But I got the eight of pentacles, which is funny because that means there's two eights, yeah. the six of swords and the high priestess. And so I think that that kind of also goes along with the anxiety that you're talking about with the eight of wands, like the idea of the six of swords, like telling you that you need to leave behind some preconceived notions is the best way to move forward in a position of strength that the anxiety isn't still there. And then the eight of pentacles is just that hard work, that hustling almost like Mm -hmm. keep, keep doing what you're doing so that you can keep taking steps forward and keep seeing results of that page of pentacles. Like as you put more effort into it and get to the nine of pentacles eventually. But right now you're kind of in the eight of pentacles mode of like just getting it done and just like working Yeah. And then the six of swords is saying to focus on the work rather than the concerns almost. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting because we have like the fastest eight and the slowest eight. Yeah. Right now she's in her like fast eight mode and it's asking her to be in her slow eight mode. Like this is not something that can happen overnight or immediately. This is something that takes cultivation that needs a harvest period. Yeah. And also with the high priestess, like trusting yourself and trusting your gut in this, because um, especially because she showed up with you and and what to do. I definitely think trusting her intuition, because here there's like a lack of trusting yourself and like, am I doing this right? Am I okay internally? What's going kind of going on? So like on the other, other flip side with you, trusting yourself more and knowing that your intuition will guide you well so yeah totally gosh a lot of the high priest is coming up for both of us is kind of nuts mm. especially because we know i, I just said especially. especially 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 because uh talia is somebody that we've like actually spent time with irl because yeah. she lives close to me and so we went out for dinner when you were visiting uh the u.s yeah and then we also she and i and um 
Kumura Kumura card reader. card reader. I almost used your real name. Um, (laughs) Went out for like boba since then. Mm -hmm. And I know that Talia spends a lot of time on sort of like self growth. Like she went to the Pacific Northwest Tarot Conference. Like she's putting in a lot of time and energy into growth and intuition exercises and stuff. And so I like that it came up for both because I feel like that's really confirming that she's on the right path. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yay. Well, good luck. I know. Girl. Good luck. Oh, but and- I also, I, this is what I was going to say. Also so having oh, yeah. two eights is interesting because eight is strength. Yeah. And so even though these were not using Terra de Marseille style decks, it still is meaningful to bring up just because we got two of those eights. Right. But staying strong is something that you should be doing. And Esther's totally right. Go from like that fast moving strength to a more methodical and persistent strength will help dispel some of the nightmares. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, get a little witchy with it like usual. So, yeah, exactly. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Spell packets, whatevs, candle yeah. magic, anything that makes you feel I'll, right. I'll send you something if you need something from here. So, <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our second topic, yes. which is deck modifications. Controversial yes, 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 topic. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> I've had to keep myself from cutting up decks this week because of this conversation. So <laughs> you're like, maybe I should just mod all of these. <laughs> I, I, psh, you have no idea. I've had, I've had to put scissors down physically <laughs> and just walk away. You're like, no, leave it. Uh, What is deck modification? Deck modification is just what it sounds like. It's when you do something to a deck to change it from its original form. Yes. So why would you do this? Why have you done it? To make it better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, my, I mean, everyone knows on this podcast that I think my opinion is a great opinion. And it's the best opinion. It's one of the best. It's one of the two best opinions on this podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll take it. You know what? That's yeah, fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mac is maybe number two. You never know. But anyway, yeah, she's just a guest star, not she's a, a guest star, not a regular, regular member of this podcast. <laughs> but I've done it like when visually the borders clutter things to up too much. Or I have a learner's deck that I need information on the deck itself. So as yeah. I'm learning and processing, I have that those symbols on the deck. So like when it flips over, then it's there. Or for just to make it prettier, because you know, yeah, I hate to be it's that like sort purely of purely like, aesthetic. Yeah, it's just purely aesthetic because I'm like, eh, this this will look way better my way than their way. So. <laughs> So we're going to make it happen. Exactly. So another reason, um, especially with the deck that we're talking about today, after we talk about modifications in general, could also be size. Yes. Like the Druid Craft Tarot and the accompanying Druid Plant and Druid Animal Tarots. Those cards are so huge that... And thick. And thick, yeah, that, that you almost had to modify them in order to even use them at all. I literally had paper cuts on my fingers from shuffling those cards. Literally, <laughs> like my Whoa. hands were bleeding. It was like car- shuffling cardboard. And yeah. then I cut them down, they're much more manageable. So much more manageable. So I think a lot of the times people, there's kind of, I think the reason that this is even a controversial topic is that there's kind of a difference between, or there's a difference of opinion between people who collect decks for the sake of collecting decks and trading decks, et cetera, and people who want their decks to all be decks that they use. Yeah. So people who collect decks and want to be able to trade them tend to be really, really, really anti-modification. 
the artist intended it that way. How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. Where, uh, and I'm not saying everybody who doesn't modify has that opinion that they're like judgmental or whatever, but I think that if a collector is judgmental, it's always because it like lowers the the value. And I'm using big air quotes there, but there are a ton of people who do this. Mm-hmm. And there are some decks that are widely modified, like this one. Yeah, this is probably the most common deck that I've seen that's been modified. Yeah, that totally. and Cosmic Tarot. I've seen, both are like the two biggest that I've seen on Instagram of the people that. What do they do to Cosmic? Because the borders on Cosmic are white, like the white border, and so oh, they make but it doesn't list. match the whiteness yeah. of them. Yeah, and it doesn't actually affect the back at all. It's one of the decks that I'm considering modifying. So. Yeah, I modified Crystal Tarot because it had just gigantic borders. But yeah, so we'll talk about what we've modified uh, before. um, And what we regret modifying in a little bit. (laughs) You have a you have a regret? (laughs) Well, not really regret. A minor regret, but we'll get to that oh, when we get to that. Oh, I'm so curious. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that is kind of the problem, is that if you modify something poorly, or if you're very, very, very aware of slight variations, modifying a deck is not a great idea, because no. it's really hard to make it super consistent. If you're a perfectionist, this is not for you. Exactly. This is definitely something for people who are not going to let it drive them completely bananas if all of the cards don't end up being exactly identical sizes. Because one of the risks is that the artwork on the cards don't match. They aren't the same size. And that does happen with some decks. Yeah. Which does, I feel like in modern decks, there's like really no excuse for that because we have, we're using software programs. Yes. It just seems bananas to have it, that be a problem. But in some decks, it just is the art doesn't match. And so you end up just like butchering something. Yeah. Another risk is that if you slip or make a mistake, then that card could be pretty messed up. Right. But I think that that's one of the things about it is that sometimes people say that they feel like much more bonded to a deck after doing a modification because they spend so much time holding each card. Mm-hmm. Like it's and not something card, that you want to yeah. do fast. Yeah. Then let's talk about how modifications happen because there are a couple different methods. And so I think it kind of depends on the deck, but for the ones where you've trimmed the borders off, have you used a guillotine slicer or scissors? No, I've used, I've always used scissors because I have more control over scissors. Even like yes. the flat, like sliders. I don't trust that because yeah. it, I can have all the fucking guides in the world, but the guides won't help when it actually comes to like cutting the car and trusting the card, not the slide last minute so if i have scissors i I can make three cuts and it be straight for the most part and if there's like any like little variants i can always trim those down a little bit but yeah Yeah. i only trust myself with scissors with modifications same i bought a guillotine slicer because i was like oh that'll make it so much easier it would be faster but there you'd have to have a very high quality one like teacher level sharpened regularly one to have it not just butcher the cards yeah I don't trust myself with anything else but scissors. No, I totally use scissors also. And then for the edges, I have a corners trimmer that I actually found in my, the store that's next door, the stationery store that's next door. (laughs) I walked in and I was like, I showed, I showed the man like, like, cause it's, it's like, it was Konglish. So it's like, it's like an English word that's been like Koreanized. And so I was like, and he was like, oh, over here. And so I got the large size and the large, oh my God. nice rounded corners. And it's beautiful. So you can have like, you, so you don't have to have like a square, like a 90 degree angle corner. You can yeah, have a nice rounded Cause corner. that will also give paper cuts. Yes. And stab you. So it's best to always, you know, trim those, those sides first and then get a corner cutter and just snip it on the corners and you're done. 
Yeah, and I got mine on Amazon, and I think that the corner cutter is what takes it from just, like, taking off the borders to actually creating a new deck almost. Yes, it's, it feels it's like, so stunning. Good. It's like, you're like, you're just like, oh, here's some car, and then it's like, oh, here's oh, my car. look at how pretty this looks. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I think that the, I think that the border trimming is probably the most common modification, but another one that I've done is uh, edging. Yes. Where you color the edges of the deck. Have you done that with any decks? I did it with Raven Prophecy because the the paper for Raven Prophecy was a bit cheap. So it like frayed after you cut it. Oh, interesting. Like it it wasn't like a, like a, like a fray fray, but it was like a, like it was more of like a puffy sort of paper. Huh. And so it wasn't like a, I, I'm just getting like down to the nigri stuff, but it's not like Druidcraft <laughs> where like the edges are flat enough where you can shuffle it. It's like a bit yeah. of a puffier sort of a thing. And so the, it was a really white edge. Like it was very noticeable. So Ooh. I got an ink. Well, first I tried a marker and they were washable markers. So the marker got on my hand. So that was a bad idea. <laughs> then I ended up getting like an ink pad because you can get a permanent ink pad. And then you just slide the card edge of the card on the ink pad. Yeah. Like all four edges, let them dry and you're done. So that's, that's what the I've method done. that I've had the best luck with. Also, I think yeah. that some people use Sharpies. Or like archival ink level pens of some sort. But I have done this on probably three decks, only one of which I still have. (laughs) (laughs) And the one that I kept, I used an ink pad. And that was definitely the easiest and also neatest and most successful. So like, where's the downside? And ink pads come with like, you know, metallic gold. So if you want metallic gold edges or like funky edges, you can do that. So it's just, it's just much easier than holding a card with a marker and like painting your fingers and the sides of themselves. It's just a bit more tedious with a marker in my opinion. So, and I found with a marker, um, those ones tended to like rub off really quickly. Oh yeah. And the cosmic woman is the one that I edged in blue just because it's this beautiful blue. And then the sides were white and it was just too stark of a contrast. And so it was distracting me. Then I just did it in kind of like an India ink color, like dark blue. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of faded a little bit with time, but it's still, it hasn't gotten anywhere. Okay. So, so that's it's not, the, it's like rub off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of it's not rubbing off, which is appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that would be such a, I mean, it was a nightmare when I got the Oz Oracle, mm-hmm. which is by a creator that actually has a couple of really racist decks, but I didn't realize that when I bought the Oz Oracle, um, I gave it away after I realized it. Cause I was like, I just can't, this I can't is like have too that. Weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I just wasn't, I was so distracted by the creator that I wasn't able to like read with it, but I edged that with gold Sharpie. It was the first one that I ever edged. And that was very, very messy. Yeah. I've heard some people will like use contact paper on the back. Yeah. I'm so much of a perfectionist, like with the card, like edges and like texture and feeling that I'd be afraid that I would cut the contact paper wrong and then I would fuck it it up. So, and it would be like, yeah, it would be like, that's like the last thing that I've not done, but I just know myself enough that that's just too much sensory that could go wrong for me. Yeah. So that's why <laughs> I really like that idea though, because I love that would idea. also beef up a card. If a card's really thin, it yeah, would make like it line thicker. Maybe, but it's just because, especially because you have rounded borders, it's just too much could go wrong. Like yeah. My brain is like too much planning. Nope. Don't. But don't if there, you've so. done that, tag us in a post with it. Cause I'd I love to see it. One of our Facebook group members has done that and she does it oh, regularly. Cool. So, cause I remember a conversation about deck modifications. I think she mentioned it. So yeah, if you're in our group, a let us know and give us pictures and stuff. Yeah. I'm so curious about that. Cause I've never yeah. done that either. Uh, the only other thing that I've done that to modify a deck besides borders and edging has been to sand off a U.S 
Christmas games. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> I when you were doing that with Morgan ta- Morgan Morgan Tarot. Right? Morgan's Tarot. Morgan's Tarot. I was like, what? That's a thing. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw it in some other group, and so this deck, Morgan's Tarot, which I already talked about, it's a super weird deck, but really funny. It has a like two inch long copyright notice on the front (gasps) of every single card because it's been published three times. So it says U.S. Games, copyright 1970, copyright 1988, copyright 19 or 2009. And I'm like, that is way too much. Like, put it Why on the back. Why do you need it on the card? Why do yeah. you need it on the card? Put it it's in the book. so we get weird. It. Exactly. It's just so strange. And it's on the front. So I just took a little, like, what are the emery squares? Not like an oh, emery yeah. board, but like, like a nail file that's shaped like a square. And I just, on each and every card, just rubbed that right off. It came off so easily. Okay. And it didn't damage the rest of the card. Yeah. Except for on one that I got a little bit wild you with and ended up taking off like, some get off, of it. Get off. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it didn't make that part of the card feel thinner or anything. Okay, basically, good. you're just taking off the very surface Very surface yeah. Okay. And it's it made such a big difference because it was so distracting to have that on there. So I think that if there's another deck that's like mass market and there's a weird mark on the front of it or even the back of it that you just can't hang with, just shave it off. Shave it off. <laughs> the Yeah, the only other deck modification I've done is with the golden universal tarot because that's like a learning deck for me so i put all of the like elemental signs on it oh smart for them because like it was before it was kind of before we had our deck but also because i wanted to associate the rws symbols with these certain elements yeah and so like it's it's a lot easier to pull it like oh temperance is a fire you know blah blah when you're like actually like reading and you're able to pick up those symbols more which is kind of reason why we made our deck like it's a lot easier to like consume information if everything is like right there in your face. Yeah, totally. And I guess I also did something kind of similar to the Kauai Tarot because I was using it as a learning deck for uh, Tarot de Marseille style. So on every single card, I indicated which major arcana it aligned with so that it would be a little bit easier for me to associate those with each other just because my brain sometimes can't. Yeah. (laughs) But again, something that we created the our deck, the wildly tarot deck that you can get by supporting us on Patreon at a certain level. That's kind of both of those issues have been resolved by having that our deck. Yeah, because it was really cool when I did our Gemini spread for the group reading that like because there's so many spaces and there's so much stuff going on it was nice to f- i just laid down the our wildly tarot deck on top of the cards i drew yeah and it was nice to kind of see like all the correlations like in the suits and what's kind of going on how many majors and it was like oh this makes things more clearer so yeah totally that's awesome so i guess now we should just we could just go through all the ones that we have uh modded because i didn't mention all of the ones that i have okay um druid craft druid plant and druid animal i've taken off the borders for all three of those no but you're borders issues. aren't as hard as my borders no i know that's the other thing is that there are in some like the druid craft had such extensive borders that there are like th- like two <laughs> three different, levels yeah like three <laughs> levels of borders that you could have taken off so i took off one and esther took off all of them yes including the titles of the cards which is amazing this is a pretty straightforward deck to read though that's true it isn't that it isn't that confusing and it kind of really relies on you using your intuition about each image yeah. to do that which is kind of cool because you kind of can get more immersed into the world of the druid craft 
in your way. But I left my borders on um, for all of them and also the card titles on for all of them. And I also, like I said, edged the Cosmic Woman tarot. There's this tarot deck that I love that I think is really underused called Madam Clara Sees All. Um, it's really, really, really neat. It's kind of like vintage carnival-y. Oh. Like, and each card has definition for the upright and the reversal it's really just a couple colors it's like only teal and red and white almost and it's really really neat I don't see a lot of people using it um, but I'm a huge fan of it and I took the edges off of it I keep that one at work because it's just kind of nice to sort of have around oh yeah yeah yeah. I remember this one yeah yeah it's really neat I like it and I like it a lot more without the borders because the borders were gigantic (laughs) and black and none of the colors on the cards were black so it just didn't match at all crystal tarot I edged too because that had gigantic white borders but the inside is like stained glass and awesome and so it just seems really neat without the borders like again kind of you can kind of get more into the world yeah and Morgan's tarot which I shaved the copyright off of and then the Kawaii tarot which I wrote all over (laughs) for me I have trimmed the edges of druid craft because I don't have any of the other druid oracles that go with it the trifecta I don't have the trifecta (laughs) I only have the one fecta I've also of course like we discussed last week the Jeopardice tarot i Trim that border. That was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. I will never regret that. And also Raven's yeah. Prophecy. The one, the one thing about Raven's Prophecy is that the backs are not conducive for trimming. Like, it's not even in the back. Oh. But that's okay because I never look at the back anyway, so. Yeah. that For some reason, that doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. Well, in Raven's Prophecy, it had a really big horrible orange Halloween border. And I was oh, like, right. That's why I haven't bought it yet. Yeah, why is it, it was, orange? I don't understand. I don't know because the images are gorgeous, like absolutely beautiful and very yeah. intuitive, but the border is really like ugly orange. I so, don't get it. so yeah. So I got it immediately, like trimmed it. And I also trimmed sweet twilight, which is like minorly my regretful one because sweet twilight is a very um, abstract deck. Oh, and you took, did you have to take off the titles? Because yeah, it's I took a, off because it's, because it's a what? Los it's Garibu. a, thank you. I'll just let you Scarabeo. say that. Yeah. So the, yeah, for the low Scarabeo decks, they put all of the titles in four different languages on the borders. So you kind of need are forced to. to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and typically with other decks, it's okay, but sweet, um, twilight because the court, it's the court cards mainly because this, they're so abstract. You're like, wait, is this a court card or, or am I supposed to count those two cups that are there as a two of cups? You know, so it's <laughs> oh, that sort of like, interesting. it's that sort of playing. So it's a beaut. I love the deck. It's a really cute deck and it's really meaningful, but at the same time, like I only minorly regret it. So, but I only really trim decks that are mass market, like indie decks yes. that come in. I typically don't touch them. And typically if I buy them indie, that means that I like them indie. Like, yeah. I also feel like indie decks, especially now in this like tarot sense, indie decks are doing a lot of edging and a lot of interesting things that would make it so that it, you would be taking off a feature of it instead yeah. of like taking off superfluous paper it would be yeah. like removing a feature gold of the yeah that's on the, the embellishment on the side yeah so. and a lot of them just already come borderless so you and have to for worry some about reason it. some borders don't bug me at all i was looking through my instagram feed because i was like when what other things have i modded and sometimes there's like decks that do not bother me at all to have borders but i think it's because they're thin like a thin border is fine yeah 
a beefy border or a border that like has colors that don't match is what drives me kind of crazy. But you're right about cosmic tarot. That would be a really good one to edge because the white of the borders is so much starker you're than right. any of the white colors in the actual in the other actual themselves. deck. Yeah, and I've seen other people edge it, and I was like, that's one of the decks. Um, I also have like a list of to be modified because there I have a goddess deck, oracle deck. And the borders are the most ginormous borders I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it drives me batty. But the the thing about it is, is that on the border it has, like, the title of the goddess and what she means, basically. Yeah. Like, on there. So what I think I'm going to do is, like, get labels and on the back. Because with Oracle cards that big, you can't really shuffle them properly anyway. So That's it's not, true. I'm not taking really anything away. But it's just because the borders are so ginormous. It takes away from, like the intimacy that the deck could have. And that's the thing is that if you, if something is too distracting for you to use the deck, you might as well mod it, whether it's indie or not. Like if you, I mean, I guess the alternative would be to give it away or sell it. But if you are pretty sure you want to keep a deck or you're 100% sure you want to keep a deck, but you find that you're never reaching for it because like the borders are too big or whatever, like it's something that you can adjust and you just should, if it's going to make it more useful to you then adjust it. Yeah. If it, for me, it's like, if it makes you happy, then do it. Like if, if not modding your deck makes you happy, then don't mod your decks. But if it make, if, if you think like, Oh, I think it could be better this way. Yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Because you don't know until you try. I mean, if they weren't republishing the Jeopardy deck and you had modified it and hated it, then you would be out like a lot. But yeah, I only like literally I bought it at like normal price so I don't I know like, it was like, a sudden, like in two months it went deck. to 300 bucks I was like what happened like I just bought well, this deck a couple months ago and you know I so there's a new deck that just came out called the Herb Crafters Tarot that oh, I yes, pre-ordered yes, yes. on Amazon and it's not getting here till this weekend which is weird because people already have are, it, from are, it have games. It in Barnes and Nobles yeah it's so strange but anyway they um that deck has really big borders, like Huge distractingly borders. big borders. Yeah. And I, so one of the things that you did with the Japaritza that never occurred to me that I really liked was to leave the entire title, even though that's technically part of the border still. Yeah. And with the herbal herb crafter, I need to look at it in person to see if all the arts the same size so that it would be like, you could just take oh, all the yeah. borders off consistently. But I could see myself doing that because it's a really cool looking deck. I love the herb crafter component, but the border is so big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like with the Jeopardice Tarot, like I knew that if I took off the name, then I would be screwed. Like, tr- oh, yeah. So especially abstract, with that deck. Especially with that deck. I'd be like, oh, this is a beautiful painting. You know, what do you see? Of what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, but because like Druidcraft, I didn't mind like hardcore trimming it down because I knew what the cards were. Well, and it aligns very, very, very closely with Smithwaite. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a couple of name changes, but the card meanings can be like pretty easily into from it so I think that it makes it a little bit easier to to do that all right do you have any other thoughts about deck modification or should we go to our patreons let's go to our patreons because I'm all talked out about modifications it's such a good idea though I mean I love deck modifications I always like seeing what people are doing with them because I just think it's such a cool way to make something really personalized yeah so if you are worried about it, message us. We can pep talk you through it. I'm probably going to post it. That's why I've been waiting to modify the decks is so I can post videos of them. Oh, like, good probably, idea. like a short little video of what I kind of do in our group. You beautiful genius. People are just so <laughs> nervous that like, even if I tell you directions, they're like, well, what if I do it? So I'm just showing sometimes yeah. is a bit, little bit better and a bit more helpful. So, And as long as your scissors are sharp. It'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. Don't use like safety scissors because those will be too dull. But don't use like K5 scissors. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we have some new Patreon supporters this week, this month, this month. I mean, it was yeah, the first, first of the month, month which yeah. I think is one of the reasons why we had, <laughs> we had some, an influx, which we yeah. love. Um, but speaking of Patreon supporters, if you are a supporter that should be getting a deck in June and you have not already updated your address on Patreon, please do so. Yes, <laughs> we want to send you stuff. We want to send you some things. Please go make sure that your address is there. If you don't want it to be on Patreon for one reason or another, you can totally email us. That's fine, too. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to go first? Yes, I will go first. And I have Martin, and your card is the Nine of Cups. Oh, Martin. We love you. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, your card is the Ace of Cups. Oh, and Katrina, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is the world. Oh, you're the world. It's so pretty. Linda, your card is the tower. Ooh. Get it, girl. Knock some shit down. I'm using um, Everyday Witch, and that's one of my favorite tower depictions because yes. the witch t- like took down the tower. Yeah, she totally And she's did. like looking at the viewer like, fuck yes, I did. Let's yeah. do this, which I love. <laughs> I love that too. And Stephanie, your card is the Eight of Swords. Walk out of that trap you're in. Yeah. Okay, so our friend Kylie, um, we've mentioned her a couple of times, but our friend Kylie's fiance uh, passed away after a pretty rocky battle with cancer about two months ago, two months ago right? Almost, two months yeah. ago. So Matt was a really awesome guy. And um, ugh, even though we've talked about this before, it still makes me feel really choked up. But anyway, so Kylie is going through the healing process and she found a really awesome group of people on Facebook called the Hot Young Widows Club. <laughs> um, the creator has done a TED talk. She's written a lot of books. She has a podcast called Terrible Things for Asking, which is kind of like about grief. And yeah. um, Kylie met a woman there um, named Becky. And it turns out that her husband who had passed away was a listener of our podcast. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm like, I am just an emotional person. I know it won't surprise anyone, but we just wanted to give a special hug to Becky and um, in honor of Tim. Yes. And just, you know, good luck with healing and, we're here for you and we love We're you so much. You. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this is kind of like, uh, it's a hard thing. And it's also so new to us to be helping a peer with a loss of a spouse. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been, it's been really interesting to see how supportive these internet communities can be towards each other. And um, the Hot Young Widows Club seems like such a good resource. And Becky... Yes. We love you, and we hope that um, healing goes smoothly and linearly, even though we know that it won't. (laughs) We love you so much. We do. All right. So not to make a hard right turn, but I need to not cry for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe. Take a few cleansing breaths. (sighs) I just love that there's like kind of a... A group called the Hot Young Widows Club. It's just like, it's for people who are young and who lose a spouse young. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. nobody expects to have to go through that. Yeah. But I sent Kylie a, uh, like, 
a care package that was like so macabre because I know that she is that kind of person, but it had like a skull and a mug with a bunch of oddities on it and <laughs> like a tarot deck and a spell that I made for her in a bottle and a cauldron and all of this mm, stuff. Just so witchy. Like, I love it. Yeah. Will a, will a fox skull that's uh, responsibly harvested uh, make you feel better about your loss? No. Okay. Well, at least we tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Stuart. We're still a little shout to Stuart. Yeah, exactly. All right. So now it's time for our deck of the week. And the deck that we're talking about this week is the widely, widely modified Druidcraft Tarot, as you already know. The publishers say, at a time where we seek a closer connection to the natural world, this beautiful deck invites us to celebrate the earth and the rhythm of her seasons. Combining the two great streams of Western pagan tradition, Wicca and Druidry, Philip and Stephanie Cargom, together with artist Will Worthington, have created a tarot of extraordinary depth and relevance that can help guide and illuminate your life. The Druidcraft Tarot's powerful images have emerged from a vast store of teachings and storytellings rooted in our ancient past. Use them as gateways to your inner spiritual world and deepen your knowledge of yourself and of the earth. Let the natural wisdom of Druidcraft bring you insight and inspiration for the life issues that you face today. So now it's time for our parameters. And we did review this deck for Holistic Tarot Agency before we changed to Wally Tarot, but we talked about deck modifications. This is a deck that we both modified, so we thought we'd just review it again. Yeah, and those episodes are no longer available online. Yes. So there's <laughs> twofold reasons. <laughs> we want to talk about it again yeah so general impressions and vibe what do you what's the general impression and vibe you get from this deck i really 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 love this deck i think that it's really neat i am not a druid or a wiccan but i think that it's super approachable for anyone who has an interest in like celtic magical tradition and also the book that it came with is so extensive the book is amazing and amazing and it's almost like a historical record of mm-hmm. magical traditions of kind of the celtic people and also i really like it because there's like 500 redheads in the deck which as you know <laughs> is important to me as a redhead she's a bit biased about this deck everybody yeah so i will automatically love it a lot because of all the gingers I have done I've used this deck for so many readings especially like work related readings and I feel like it's like there's a lot of personal strength and powership or powership and like empowerment (laughs) throughout the cards so in a lot of situations which I think we'll talk about later when we get to our favorite cards it kind of like flips the script a little bit and instead of being a recipient of things happening to you you're sort of like an active participant and so I think it works I think that that's one of the reasons why I like it so much because it feels really empowering and action oriented yes it's a very like natural deck without being like in your face about it it's just like a piece of time that you could like feel like you could walk into yeah like it's very picturesque in that way so i really like that and like you i've used it a lot for work readings because it's a very straightforward deck but it gives you those moving pieces so that you don't feel like you're stuck or that you can't move forward yeah so definitely like work related stuff i've used this quite a bit and i guess other like general impressions there's a lot of greens a lot of yellows a lot of browns um, we talked about the cardstock being really thick already. It's very thick very and thick. it's a huge, huge card. So yes. modification it's like postcard, makes a lot of like a little bit bigger than postcard yeah. width. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Like it is such a huge, it was like, I couldn't even really hold it. And I am not a small person and I do not have small hands. I have small and it hands was, like, and it was too horrible. big for me. 
It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, I was like trying to shuffle like greeting cards in my hands. Yeah. But then once I modded it, once I took off those borders, it became one of my favorite decks just to kind of like use for my own personal stuff. Because I think that the colors are amazing. Like I said, I really like the action oriented feeling of it. I just think it's cool to have it sort of so focused on nature. Like mm-hmm. the cards have different seasons depicted on them. And they, I don't know, it just feels like a lot of layers, which is one of the reasons why the book is so good is that it has information about the keywords and everything, but then also kind of what they were thinking when they created the card and like Mm -hmm. the significance of the figures on it. And it links some ideas with some Druid and Wiccan ideas, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And there's, there are really good spreads in the book too. Yeah. It just talks about more of the historical aspects of it. And I think it's a very like grounding and earthy deck. Like it doesn't like emotionally play with you. It's just very straightforward. That's my experience with this deck. So I really enjoy it. We've already kind of discussed what type of readings we've used it for, but are there any thoughts you want to expound on the type of readings? My only thing that I want to add is that there are a couple of name changes that one time I was doing a reading for one of my friends and one of my favorite cards came up. um, But I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Like I had literally no idea. It took me, I was doing it live and it took me like, a couple of seconds to be like, okay, it's 14. That's temperance. Yeah. And it's oh, so funny because yeah. it's the temperance card that I can't get because it's called <laughs> Fe- Fair, Feralt? Fe- Feferalt something. Yeah, something. Yeah. And it's kind of about the alchemist aspect of temperance, which is something that we don't use that often. But yeah, it, because of that name change, it was a little bit tricky to read for somebody else with it. Yeah. Um, but for my own work readings, it's been nothing but like perfectly spot on. Okay. And there are a more than normal amount of naked people in this deck. Oh, so yeah. just kind of be careful. <laughs> be careful. There's like anatomically you, correct yeah. penises. Let's I mean, just say that. I, I mean, I think it's nice because we always get boobs. Boobs are everywhere yeah. in almost all the decks so an anatomically correct penis is appreciated yeah i always think that there's a lot to be said for equality of nudity in the media we consume yeah yeah so i think i but just take care there may be some full frontal penal stuff yeah 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 Yeah. so maybe don't read with this for your boss Boss. yeah (laughs) or your mother-in-law yeah exactly (laughs) so what are your favorite cards and do they involve penises is the question uh no actually do any of mine even have men on them yeah there's a couple of men (laughs) i know that they're that we're gonna have some overlaps because we've talked about this before but one of my favorite cards is the seven of swords is that not one of your favorites Oh, well, I, I not this time. I think last time I had more favorites. This time I was more choosy. But I do love the Seven oh. of Swords in that one, yeah. I know. So I think that the last time we reviewed this, I just went with my gut instinct. And this time I kind of dug deeper into the meanings of the cards and what the symbolism was. But I will always love the Seven of Swords because it's a man sitting at a desk, like, thinking basically Mm -hmm. like trying to like basically gather information and think things through. And I like the, that sort of more mental aspect of the seven of swords rather than just being like, Oh, I'm collecting these swords. It's like, I'm figuring out what I need these to use these swords for, which I really like. Let's do the miners first, I guess. I also really like the six of swords because instead of it being the back of the people leaving on a boat, it's the front. And so instead of the feeling of loss, it feels like more hopeful, which I really appreciate in the six of swords because I am somebody who loves change so much, which is crazy. And that's one of the reasons (laughs) why I always hate it when people think that Tauruses don't like change. But I always think that leaving for the better is definitely the route to go. And instead of just getting stuck in your ways. And so I love that that six of swords is so oriented around like 
we're doing this. Let's go. It's kind of a little <laughs> bit more optimistic. Yeah. I also really liked the seven of pentacles just because I think that that oh, like yeah. element of herbalism is really cool. Like they are harvesting plants off of a tree. The other weird thing that I always forget about this book is that it's organized by number. So it starts with all the aces, then oh, it goes to yes. all the twos, then it goes to all the threes. And then the major arcanas are all at the back. The back. Yes. Which is interesting. And I kind of like that structure, but it does, when you're first flipping through it, you're like, wait, where am I, it, where am I really going? It's really helpful for learning, but not helpful for searching for meaning for later. And le- yeah, until you are like, until oh, you're shoot, sweet, yeah. that's what I'm doing. And then, oh, this is another one that I really like because of its hopefulness, which isn't a typically hopeful card. And that's the 10 of wands. Oh yeah. Because he's totally loaded down with the wands, but he's also at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And so, so he's it almost feels, at his goal. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so much more like, accomplished rather than like the traditional Smith weight. He's just like in a field. Like there's Mm -hmm. no, yes, you're overwhelmed with these wands, but in this one, it's like you're overwhelmed and you've achieved. And I love that variation. I think that that's really cool. And it makes it way less exhausting when there's that little glimmer of, yes, we fucking did it. I also love the four of wands because I just always love four of wands. But this four of wands is like a village that I would like to live in. Yes. Like this is where the sort of like escapism comes into play. Yeah. Um, and then the three of cups I love because I think that, uh, healthy male, non-toxic masculinity, healthy male friendship is something that doesn't really get a lot of attention. And I think that that's really sweet. My husband has had the same friends since middle school and they're all so loving and supportive of each other. And it just reminds me of those guys like where they just like, there's nothing toxic about their friendship. They just honest to God, love each other. And they're just supportive, wonderful friends. And I think that that's kind of a nice depiction of it. Yeah. The blonde guy kind of looks like Nathan too. The blonde guy. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit like Nathan. <laughs> when he's bearded. <laughs> yeah. And when he, he's Midwestern winter Nathan, which we haven't seen in years. Um, and then I also really like death and temperance. The death I really like because it's so oh, yes. clearly about transformation. It's like, yes. Uh, Chrome, standing over a big cauldron Mm -hmm. and so I like that because again it's about creating change rather than having change happen to you right so like the death card with a grim reaper is like something is happening and you're having to transform and this is like you're deciding to do something to transform and I really like that Uh, and then temperance or the I'm 100% sure that somebody knows how this is pronounced and will let us know but (laughs) the The temperance card yes yeah feral I don't know feral kind of sounds close yeah yeah sure why not and I really like that for temperance because I think that the added layers of temperance being about creating something of nothing is really nice and I don't think that that's like the most commonly used sort of interpretation of temperance and so I find it really appealing and interesting, especially because that was a card that was stalking me for so long this year. It's about creativity and harmony, peace, alchemy, magic, fluency between worlds. I really like the book part of this too. So I'm just going to read it aloud. That's fine. This is my read aloud podcast, (laughs) apparently, because I've done it twice already. All right. It says... It is Beltane. In the distance, we see Glastonbury Tor and Chalice Hill on the horizon, joined by a rainbow. In the foreground, we see Breed. She is both Breed the Goddess of Flame and Holy Well, and a woman in her service, a Furfurle, or Druid Alchemist, who combines the powers of fire and water to create harmony, balance, and transformation. 
standing at her roundhouse beside her cauldron she mixes a potion from which steam is rising symbolizing fire and water mixed with air she pours a red liquid into a vessel containing a white liquid to make gold eternally mixing the waters of life in a process which is erotic medicinal alchemical and philosophical which is from uh, another writer that quote around her we see herbs drying a besom propped against the wall and parchment manuscripts being stretched with witch stones stones a pebble or flint with naturally formed holes in them thought to ward off evil and also known as hag stones fairy stone or eye stones since this card represents the great work the great right at a deeper level than portrayed in the lover's card we see its symbol as the hexagram along with the related symbol of the snake and the egg is found on a druid altar stone in Cumbria. So there's like historical stuff so and deep. mystical stuff. Yeah. And I love that she's like that it turns the temperance temperance from being sort of like a literal card to being way more spiritual and yeah. creative almost. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that a lot. Yeah, I like that they've combined, like, the the different elements into what she practices and not just, like, balancing water. You know, it's it's much deeper than that, and there's a lot more going on. Yeah, what a lot more creation. Think, yeah. I just really love it. Also, if anyone has any hagstones that they would like to send to me, <laughs> I've been on the lookout. Apparently, a lot of the Great Lakes create them, but people are so into them that they're, like over harvesting them to the point where they don't exist anymore and water against stone is such a cool symbol but i guess maybe i should just not have one because i don't want to be part of the problem damn it (laughs) (laughs) what are your favorite cards now that i've gone on my reading Uh, my two favorite minor cards in this deck the court card's been renamed princess prince king queen i believe yeah king no is it lady lady no, no lady and lord are the, the emperor and empress and the, yeah you're right sorry that's okay so i really love the princess of cups because she's a redhead and it's autumn time and i think it's like the that's one most of the beautiful ones that I almost chose. it's she's just so beautiful and like oh and of, yeah and i agree with holly where um the three of cups is a favorite of mine because who doesn't want to be like drinking some beers with these guys like they are like the epitome of what kind of the three of cups party could potentially be so i really yeah. love that card all the rest are majors. So first oh, nice. is the chariot. I love this yes. woman, and she's a bigger woman. So and she's powerful. She's and my badass. goals. Like I want to envision myself as that chariot. She has like a staff or a sword in her hand, and she's just a badass. And I love. She's that such a badass. Imagery. I love it. And there's a black <laughs> and white horse. So yes. Um, and then the hanged man, because of course, like I said last time, he's very well hung, and I appreciate <laughs> that the hung man is very hanged well. And then um, <laughs> the lover's card I like because I think it's like a – we usually don't see, like, lovers embracing and, like, yeah. intimate like that. And I really like that. And behind the lovers is, like, a deer kind of watching them, which is interesting. But that kind of comes in later with a card that's connected to it called – That's exactly what I was going to call the Cernunas. Cernunas. Sure. Cernunas. <laughs> Um, because that's that's the change from the devil to Sir Nunes, and he's kind of overlooking the lovers who have fallen asleep after the little tryst in the woods. Yeah. And I'm going to read from his because the definitions changed a lot, and I think it's very spiritually healing. So, oh, yeah. Uh, the significance of Sir Nunes. In traditional decks, this card <laughs> is known as the devil and warns against the dangers of materialism and sexual obsession. Calling the figure represented by this card the devil, though, suggests that the forces he represents are evil. We have renamed the card to Sir Nunes after the horned god of fertility because in Druidry, in Druidry, 
Druidry, easy for me to say. And Wicca, the powers of the animal, instinctual, and sexual and material worlds are not considered evil. In fact, they represent the very forces which govern life on Earth in all its abundance. So it kind of really flips that switch of it not being like he's a god of fertility and a god of growth. And that kind of changed the meaning of the card for abundance and life force yeah and, totally and like the of course the negative sides can mean like materialism obsession but yeah. it gives a positive aspect where in the dev- typical devil card we don't really see that positive aspect so it never really occurred to me how catholic the devil card was oh yeah but having like physical and material possessions be symbolized by like actual evil yeah is kind of bizarre yeah and speaking of Catholicism, my last favorite card is the Hierophant because yes. he's like a rock god at a concert, like throwing up the horns. <laughs> like it's like not the like the Texas Longhorn, not that horns, but like just you the did rock make on. the hook of horn sign, didn't <laughs> <I> you? Did. <laughs> or, and then I love you. No, it's like this. Rock on, yeah, Texas Longhorn. They're all kind of like in that variation. <laughs> so yeah. I just love him because he's so he's so cool and like I would go to him. Like, yeah, for, he's a totally totally pencil. like metal hierophant. Like you want him to like give you some wisdom about life on the road. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you can imagine his stories and like just walking into his tent. It would be like an experience with tobacco and rock shirts and probably more play- than just Pink tobacco Floyd. Oh, I know, and Pink Floyd <laughs> playing in the background. I mean, it's like yeah, a whole entire experience with him. <laughs> I love it. That's totally true. It is a really great Hierophant. I think probably top five Hierophant. Uh Uh-oh, something popped out. Where did you go? Do you want to be my representation with the deck? So what card did you have as representation for your relationship with the deck? Well, I didn't pull one, but Princess of Cups popped out, which is funny because I that was like one that didn't make my favorites, but did make yours. Yes. She's like, you should have chosen me. Yeah, exactly. Hello. Okay. So I actually pulled the two of cups, which I love also. Oh, and I pulled the eight of swords, but I love the eight of swords because you can, oops, she flew away, but you can tell like her foot is moving towards the opening. Like yeah. her, her, her foot is pointed. So I really like how you observed that almost all the cards have some sort of like movement implied, like. The two of cups, like there's so much wind around them as a couple, and like their yeah. clothes are implied moving. I love that in the deck. So there's just so all the much movement. movement. Is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And next week we will be talking about Ethany's new book, Your Tarot Court, published by Llewellyn at the beginning of May. This book yeah. has been a lot like four weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's super new, and I'm so excited to review I it. I know, I'm so excited. Somebody was saying, I just, I just opened it briefly, but haven't started reading it yet. And somebody was saying that there's a lot of good exercises throughout. Oh, cool. So that's cool. I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm so excited. So we'll be reviewing that next week. So anticipate a whole entire episode of us talk about that. Yes, exactly. All right. So that's our show. Don't forget to email us your questions. We'll take life questions or questions about tarot. And you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, hopefully. Yeah. Which should work, (laughs) including a handy form to submit questions through, which is You are amazing. I love you. Beautiful sunshine in my life. (laughs) Google form creator. That's going on my resume HTML hacker or Holly. Also, tell your friends about us and rate and review us. It helps us grow and makes us really, really happy. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast for pictures of the decks we're using or join our Facebook community by searching Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. Also, we post weekly bonus content on Patreon, including Moon Minutes, our Gemini season community reading just went up. 
bonus episodes and content for you to enjoy. If you support us at the full level or higher, you can access all of it. We're at patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. Trim those decks. Trim, Trim those, those decks. decks. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We love you. <laughs>